You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but I ain't that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts, specifically this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love. We talk about it episode by episode, currently covering Justice League Unlimited. Um, and then our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. But if you have questions, comments, concerns, that sort of thing, you can email them to us, podcast at mindrubber.net. If you want to start a discussion, add it to the comments on the post of this episode on the website and let everyone know what you're thinking. And most importantly, tell your friends about the show, please. Uh, today, uh, we are continuing our 50th anniversary celebration with the 8th Doctor uh, Big Finish Audio Adventure, The Silver Turk, um, which, uh, which, which begins with uh, Mary's story um, and, then, and then The Silver Turk. Um, what, uh, what's, what's the background and significance for this story? Why this story, Matt? Why, why this story? Um, uh, the biggest reason for me is uh, it's written by Mark Platt. Specifically, The Silver Turk is written by Mark Platt, um, where we're, we're, we're trying to look in this countdown at really influential Doctor Who writers. Mark Platt is a, is a guy who is one of the big Finnish staple. He usually writes about a story uh, every year. Um, and he's really good at doing stories set uh, about, like, Doctor Who mythology. Like, that's the sort of thing that he tends to do. Uh, which is ironic, because he wrote uh, one Seventh Doctor story back in the very, very last season of Sylvester McCoy's era. He did a story called Ghostlight, which is a particular favorite of mine. Um, and I really quite like it. But Mark Platt, I think, is really important, because if you're going to talk about... Um, audios, I think Mark Platt is one of the few people you really, really, really need to talk about. Um, now, this story, I think, in particular works really well. Uh, one, because it's the introduction of a new companion uh, in Mary Shelley, the actual author of Frankenstein. And, Scott, you hadn't heard this before, and I was like, well, we got to do something that Scott hasn't heard so that we can get like a, some good discussion, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it plays really well by itself, um, and it's a Cyberman story, as you figure out kind of pretty quickly, or if you look at the cover instantaneously um the origins of this actually go back to the very first eighth doctor audio play uh which was called storm warning um which was released in like 2001 and or 2000 something like that and what was interesting about storm warning is that in it uh the doctor talks at least however however briefly about having a relationship with mary shelley um and that's interesting because that was a new sort of thing this clearly takes place after the tv movie um and big finish was just kind of like throwing out some ideas like oh this would be really crazy so 
Big Finish was looking to do something to follow up with uh, To the Death, which was the end of the Lucy Miller era of Eighth Doctor stories. And instead of moving forward, they told they decided to do a trilogy that went back and covered um, uh, Adventures with Mary Shelley, which actually predated Charlie, who was the companion before Lucy Miller. Um so that's kind of where this came from. And then, I mean, Mary's story comes from them wanting to just do a Mary Shelley story. So they got in a writer named Jonathan Morris, who is another really, really, really big, big Finnish writer. Um, he's written a bunch of really great stories to them, amongst others, uh, The Curse of Davros, um, and one I really like called um, the one about the haunted village. Um Cobwebs, he's always doing stuff, and everything that he d- tends to do is really good. Uh, he did no, he know what he did a story. He did a story called "Protect and Survive" last year, with a seventh Doctor story about a nuclear bomb going off. Um, that is really really great. So he does Mary's story. Mark Platt does um, Silver Turk, and that's kind of where it comes from. Uh, interesting to note. One more thing before I go into it. Uh, before we go into it, is Mary's story is uh, the last story in an anthology of Eighth Doctor stories. Um, where Big Finish will do four an, an anthology release, which is four single episode stories, um, uh, all bundled together in one main range story. So this was the fourth story in a uh, quadrilogy of stories that have nothing to do with each other, but are just about celebrating the Eighth Doctor's companions. So he meets Bernice Summerfield, who's a, an archaeologist and a, a character from the novels created by Paul Cornell. He meets a character named Fitz, who was big in the books, like the Eighth Doctor books. Um, and then he meets Izzy, which is a, a really great, uh, popular, I guess, character from the from the comics who I didn't re- I didn't really like. And Mary Shelley, who was like the big finish thing, and. Mary Shelley's the one who kind of spirals out of that. And I like the idea, because, like, all of the stories are called, you know, it's it's Ber- Benny's story, because Bernie Summerfield, Fitz's story, and Izzy's story, and then Mary's story, which I think is a really kind of interesting way to just kind of wrap them all together in, like, a headline sort of thing. So that's kind of where this all comes from, and I'm sorry for talking so much, but there's a lot of interesting things there, so yay! All right, well, before we talk about it, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you have from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping, so thanks to DCBService.com. Um, okay, so... Uh, Mary's story, like, okay, well, with both of these, both of these are um, really uh, hitting you over the head with the Frankenstein influence. Um, Yes. uh, Both of these. Um, One has a future version of, in Mary's story, a future version of the Doctor is just like, hey, we traveled together, but he's like deformed and then he dies and then they bring him back to life through lightning because they're just having, she has parties with like really creepy crazy scientist people um <laughs> who are just like let's electrocute a dead body till it wakes up um and uh and everybody's just like oh that's um that's a weird thing to do but okay let's do it <laughs> and so they do it and uh and then the doctor is like insane and then runs to a tardis and then the the old doc or the the young doctor comes uh shows up too and then she's like hey i just saw you and he's like uh i don't know what you're talking about um and then they meet up with the older doctor and the older doctor is just like, mm, I'm grumpy and deformed and then leaves. Um, and then she decides to go travel with the young doctor um, because the old doctor told her that they're 
they traveled together. So she's like, oh, it's destiny. So I have to. Um, so she she leaves. And then we go into the T- Silver Turk, which is, again, uh, lots of Frankenstein influence because there's another lightning storm uh, involved. Obviously, the Cybermen have some uh, Frankenstein influences. Um, the Silver Turk is like a real thing that somebody invented, like an autom- automaton. Um, isn't it? The, it's the thing that was in um, it's the thing that was in Hugo, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, little that, that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so like lots of gears and stuff, but, uh, this guy who built it says he built the, the silver Turk or whatever, but it's not actually, it's a Cyberman and it's one of the 10th planet Cybermen, which are arguably the best Cybermen, um, because they're really creepy. They have the yes. best voices. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then the Cybermen are just like, eh, we want to, you know, be better as they do. They like upgrading themselves. That's a thing. Um, so they want to upgrade themselves and they want to use the lightning to do it. And the doctor has to stop them. Um, and then Mary Shelley gets frustrated and quits for a while and then comes back around, um, <laughs> which is, which is a pretty standard first companion story. Um, uh, as far as like the events of things, that's usually what happens. Usually they quit and then decide that they quit and then they unquit. Um, is usually what happens. Um, I, so, I mean, it's, I don't know. I thought it was it was fine. I I just I I think it was pretty standard, um, all things considered. I I don't feel like it did anything, like mind blowingly good. It was just um, it was it was standard. But I would I would highly recommend um, a Charlie or Lucy Miller story over this, um, just because this is like a little. It's a like. The Eighth Doctor traveling with Mary Shelley, it just feels a little on the nose um, because he's already like he's like already, quote unquote, the Victorian doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you add in like a Victorian writer and it's just like, OK, I get it. I get it. Victorian, <laughs> ho- Victorian doctor, Victorian writer, Victorian horror. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so it just it, I just felt like I was getting hit over the head a lot. Um, sure. So like I don't – and as a result, I don't think that this did anything really interesting um, because I, I the relationship between Mary Shelley and the doctor is um, really standard and, and isn't like I – don't, I don't see anything special here. There's nothing – like with him and Charlie, um, you have like – he's like this Victorian gentleman and then she's – you know, from that time period, but she's like this adventurous young woman, mm-hmm. which is really, that's a really great com- like comparison. Um, and then Lucy, him and Lucy, I mean, they're like, they're almost opposites, um, which is really just the best. And then you have him and Mary Shelley. And I just, I don't, I don't get, I don't get them. Um, I guess, I don't know what makes them interesting as a doctor companion, uh, thing other than somebody was just like oh let's put the victorian writer with the victorian doctor um and it just mm-hmm. I, I don't think it brings anything special to the proceedings at all um yes so i don't know it's fine i i think there's there's good ideas here and everything but i i this is far from even close to my favorite eighth doctor big finish story yeah, and uh, and I would definitely agree. Um, I think that the thing about Mary Shelley that's really interesting is like uh, the I find it more nebulous than anything their relationship, just because she has there's this idea that she has all of these 
uh, and she says it in Mary's story, um, and it becomes like the sort of like emotional through line through the other two stories of this trilogy. But she says that um, she's married to a man she's in love with, but the man is not in love with her. Um, Percy Shelley, like in, in this version of events, and I don't remember if that was the exact actual the actual historical context is not in love with her. He's in love with someone else, but they're married because she got married at like 16 or something. Um, so she's like really, really young here. Um, and, and I think that there's this element of the doctor kind of liking her just because he has this like infatuation with her as a person. Um, but I don't see her doing anything terribly interesting. I like the Frankenstein parallels. And I mean, it goes beyond just the lightning. The, the I love that, the Silver Turk involves Cybermen creating puppets, um, just like giant wooden people, mm-hmm. and they, in order to get the people, uh, Mark Platt really just digs into Cyberman lore, which is um, the reason that the Cybermen are Cybermen is because they're just cobbled together dead human beings. Um, and <laughs> so there's this like subplot of the Silver Turk where... Um, this guy who's creating the puppets, or who's seemingly creating the puppets, when really he's under the influence of the Cybermen, I think his name is Drossel. Um, he he uh, is having the Cybermen steal people's eyes and put them into puppets. So what you have is you have the Cybermen creating life like Dr. Frankenstein creates, creates life. And I like all of those little interesting parallels. Mark Platt is a gifted writer in the sense that sometimes you just want a big finish romp of the four big finish stories we're covering. This is easily the rompiest. Um, but like, I mean, there's a, there's a cab chase in the third episode of this that I really remember very vividly because it manages to explain what's going on without it feeling like, Oh, and then he walks across the room, you know, in the really bad audio sort of way. Um, so, I mean, I like those things and I like the, the creepy Cybermen here. Big finish choosing to do 10th planet Cybermen is the best thing that Big Finish does. Um, and I think it's a really good use of the Cybermen, which is interesting because the Cybermen are traditionally not used well. Um, thinking about, like, what are the great Cybermen stories? It's like Tenth Planet, um, Tomb of the Cybermen, and then Invasion's pretty good. Uh, Wheel in Space is is not good. Uh, Revenge of the Cybermen is bad. Earthshock is okay. Um, Silver Nemesis is bad and Attack of the Cybermen is bad. So you really don't have a lot of great opportunities, but I think the big finish, whenever they choose to use the Cybermen, end up with something really special. This is a great example of that. Human Resources is another great example of that, which was mm. the season one finale with Lucy Miller. I think, um, I think that's my favorite use of the Cybermen. Yeah, where, where the Cybermen... Well, no, I take that back. That's not my favorite use. That's my second favorite use. My favorite use is uh, with uh, Colin Baker and... Um, oh, Legend of the Cybermen. Yeah, Legend um, of the Cybermen. That's the which, best one. That's definitely well, yeah. the best one. <laughs> it's oh, it's such a good story. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, it's not just. I mean, and, so Legend of the Cybermen. Yes, I can't believe I always like just kind of that one always slips in my mind as a Cyberman story. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's got so many other great things going on in it. But um, <laughs> uh, I like the, the other one is is Mark Platt also did a story called Spare Parts, which is a great Cyberman story. Um, and and so I like when Big Finish uses the Cybermen because I feel like Big Finish get the Cybermen in a way that you know other people, and this is not even a Moffat thing, but like Davies and Moffat just don't get how to use them. There aren't really a lot of great Cybermen stories at all in the new series um, outside of Army of Ghosts, and even then you kind of have to throw in Daleks to make it super great. Um, and see, and I would argue that like I actually I think the the best um, the best Cybermen story that they've done in the new. Uh, the new uh, new who has probably just been like 
the uh, the Craig episode. Like, I actually really love that. Um, yes. Because it's kind of a throwaway Cyberman story, and they don't do that enough. Like, it's it's I don't just because Cybermen show up, it doesn't mean that the episode needs to be an event. You know? Yes. Agreed. Agreed. They you can kind of treat Cybermen as just robots, but without actually treating them as robots, like. You need to like get into the thing where the reason that Cybermen are horrific is not because they're robots; it's because they are uh, viciously put together Frankenstein human being things with cybernetics. Like that's what makes them terrifying, and why I find that they work here, especially considering that this is a Tenth Planet prequel, um, where these Cybermen land on Earth about a hundred years before the events of the Tenth Planet, and they are lo- and apparently Mondas is looking for Earth at this point because they want to rejuvenate, and the Cybermen are just like, oh, this is a place that we have to go to, that we have to send out a signal, which I think is a really interesting use of them, because they're not trying to take over the world, they're just trying to talk home. Um, and I mean, I just, I, I like it just as a fun sort of adventure story i don't think it's anywhere near his best um and i don't think that um you know i i think that there's gold in them are hills in terms of julie cox as mary shelley i just don't think that this story uses it as well as it could because it is more interested in the frankenstein than the mary shelley um and the other two stories in this trilogy are for my money not very good um and it kind of it's kind of a bummer because i want them to do something good because it's because I don't think she's a bad companion. I just think they need to come up with some, like a really interesting vision for her besides just she's a Victorian author um, right. who has a husband who doesn't love her. Um, right. And I mean, that's kind of where I come at with it. But it was the sort of thing where, I mean, Paul McGann's always good. Um, and you can tell that he's kind of energized by having this new person to play off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you I really can also, like it, but, but at the same time, I found myself um, distracted by the fact that like, and this isn't Paul McGann's fault because obviously he's playing it correctly. But I, I'm less interested in um, early Eighth Doctor than I am in like post Charlie Pollard Doctor because yes. I feel like Charlie changed him a lot as a character, and so going back to an iteration of this Doctor before Charlie, I just it's less interesting. Like he feels a little more angry. Um, yes, he just feels a little more grumpy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like he did a lot of yelling in this, um, yes. which is, which is not usually in character for him. Uh, mm-hmm. so it was, uh, it was, it was strange. I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I, and I agree. I think that it is the interesting thing where I remember when they announced this, um, big finish was like, we absolutely have plans to do events after Lucy Miller. Um, but we want to do something that's a little bit different to try and get our bearings so we can figure out the story we're going to tell. And they are continuing that story. There are no plans for uh, Paul McGann to do any more of these, as far as I know, because he's locked into box sets for the next several years. Um, or at least there's a, there's a box set coming out in February and then November and then February of uh, 2015. So mm-hmm. he's definitely like locked into the post era but i think it's the sort of thing where i really uh, i really appreciate big finish like just experimenting um and that's kind of i love big finish as like a like a test kitchen for what you can kind of get away with in a doctor who story um especially because big finish always does really weird and interesting companions like we'll see that when we talk about Klein in a few days, where I have a lot to say about Klein. And Mary Shelley is the sort of avant-garde companion that I really find myself interested in. Not so different from, say, Flip, who is a 
throw who was a throwaway character in a story that they like so much on the day that they were just like let's make her a companion and or or putting jamie with the sixth doctor um it's really just doing stuff with the sixth doctor (laughs) um that's so good that's that's the thing is like um i think that it's really great like I, i i feel like um the only the only uh doctor that has the short end of the stick um with big finish has been the fifth doctor so far to a lesser extent the fourth doctor because i mean they've barely done anything with him because they just caught him like last year um but uh because every every like the eighth the seventh eighth and uh and sixth doctors they all have phenomenal stories um yes in their in their lines whereas like the fifth doctor because he's stuck with the same companions that he uh was he he had during the show um i think it holds him back a lot uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they need to figure out a workaround and give him a yeah. new companion really bad. Well, they did. They did a couple times. I don't think you've heard any of them, but they did a trilogy where they did um, a story that was set in the in between of Planet of Fire and Caves of Androzani, where um, the Fifth Doctor has uh, stepped away from Perry for a minute, um, and he goes on an adventure with a new companion named Amy, I believe, who is like a segment of the key to time or something crazy like that or a guardian of the king key to time or something like that i don't know um but i mean that story sucked beyond belief it sounds not good at all (laughs) it was not good it was really bad those those that trilogy of stories was horrible um but they also introduced a character named aramem who i really appreciated because she was an egyptian pharaoh um and they paired her with Perry, um, where you know they do all these stories that take place between Planet of Fire and Caves, and put Perry and Aramem with the Fifth Doctor, and I really liked Aramem. Like we were we were this close to doing a Fifth Doctor uh, Aramem story, but we didn't um, because I want to talk about Creatures of Beauty. But if you want to hear a really great one, like I have the Scorpions, really great. And uh, Son of the Dragon is really great, which is uh, the Doctor versus Dracula, um, which is not, but not Dracula in like a vampire sense, like classic Dracula in like a Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's sick. Um, That's cool. But yeah, but yeah so, I just I think I th- I just think that he needs he needs a, a really solid arc um, that yes. he hasn't gotten yet. Hmm. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. And I think that like, man, the, you know what would be great. <laughs> Because one another reason why the Fifth Doctor stuff doesn't work as well for me is because um, Peter Davison was so young when he was the Doctor, so he obviously doesn't sound like the same man. Um, yeah. Whereas everyone else, generally speaking, sounds about right. Um, yeah. They sound a little older, but but it's not so bad because they weren't that young when they played the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Whereas Peter Davison and his companions sound completely different. Yeah, um, there's a there's a significant olderness to him. Yeah, very significant. Um, but it would be really great if they could fit into continuity and a whole slew of, of adventures that took place immediately after Time Crash, <laughs> where he's still old. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, that would be great. Well, and it's funny because because Time Crash apparently takes place in the four minutes that he's away from Frontios. Because um, at the end of Frontios, he disappears for uh, a minute. But you don't like because at the very end of the story where he has to drop off the nest, the tractate or whatever. Um, but you can fit 
so many stories in there and giving the fifth doctor companion just being like look what can we do with him what would be really interesting is is great and i mean the problem with the fifth doctor at the end of the day is how open and shut he is whereas you know five six or not five but six seven and eight all have just gaps in their in their narrative where you can just slot an infinite number of stories you can put an infinite number of stories after trial of a time lord you can put an infinite number of, of stories after survival and you can put an infinite number of stories after the tv movie clearly um and Big Finish is such a continuity, uh, like there's just so rabidly continuity centric that the, the Fifth Doctor is sometimes difficult to get into because he's so open and shut. Um, but I totally agree that they should do something with him um, mm-hmm. because it would be great, and it is a waste of Davison. Mm-hmm. Um, like Eighth Doctor has like, I mean, he's got like like two or three really really great arcs. Um, the Seventh Doctor has arguably one good arc but it's 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 like epic it's epic it's huge it's a massive arc um so it's awesome but it's arguably going one yeah it's still going on which is really amazing yeah um Um, but it's phenomenal the sixth doctor has and then sixth doctor has like three three arcs that are yeah he's got he's got the charlie arc he's got the Uh the mini jamie arc and he's got the evelyn arc um and then now he's got the flip arc has which has been stellar so far yeah and the flip has been so good um and that's to say nothing of his time with perry um which is also really good and um i just oh my god i love i love big finish doing all that stuff and uh, the seventh doctor it's interesting that you say that he only has one arc because we're gonna be talking about the second one in just a few short days oh right you're right yeah 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 klein yeah um yeah so uh but anyway but back to the eighth doctor um this one, I mean, like I said, like I, I think it's fine, but I don't think it's indicative of the best of the Eighth Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this is – if this is the only one that you guys listen to because you listen to it for the show, I implore you to listen to the Lucy Miller stuff. Um, yep. Just go right to the Lucy Miller stuff. Like you can go backwards and check out the, Char- the Charlie Pollard stuff because there's some really good stories in the Charlie Pollard stuff, but it's – there's also a lot of duds. Um, yes. So, because they were still trying to figure it out, because this Charlie Pollard was the first Eighth Doctor audio companion. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the really early stuff. Like when did that start? Ninety nine, two thousand, something like that. Two thousand one, two thousand one. So it's been it's been well over ten years um, that they've had to figure that out. And mm-hmm. uh, the Lucy Miller stuff is just like, I mean, I just think it's the it's just the ultimate eighth doctor arc um mm-hmm. all the lucy miller stuff so start with lucy miller and listen to all of her stories because um, even though there's a lot of du- there, there's like there's not a lot of duds but there's like maybe a handful of ones that are like oh that wasn't great um in the lucy M- miller era they're all only 45 minute stories um yeah so they're structured like new who which makes it really palpable for new who fans also um mm-hmm. so it's it's great um, so yeah. I, I, I highly recommend everyone, if you want Eighth Doctor, like check out the Lucy Miller stuff. Just go find her first appearance and then go forward from there. Yeah. And you'll love her and yeah. you will cry like a child at the end. Oh my God. <laughs> you will cry like a child. Oh God. Uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely, it's one of the, it's, it's one of the best, um, companion send offs in Doctor Who history, as far as I'm concerned is Lucy hmm. Miller. Mm-hmm. It's um, yeah, oh, it's so good, it's so, so good. good. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, Lucy Miller. That's where it's at, you guys. That's mm-hmm. where it's at. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I don't have anything more to say about this one. Do you? No. No. We're all good. All right. Uh, before we uh, wrap up, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. Uh, you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition graphic novel collection that's currently in stock, um, currently in print. You can get it at a savings from uh, 30 to 45% off. Plus, new release specials are 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Or, I'm sorry, InStockTrades.com. Um, yeah. Next time, Sylvester McCoy, Seventh Doctor. And we're yes. going to talk about Klein's story and the architects of history. Uh, yes. Which is the season finale of that arc, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I feel like I need to give a little background on this before we throw people at it because it is a little bit more uh, esoteric than this is. This is really entry level. Uh, the Klein story is not. Um, Klein is a character who comes from a one-off Seventh Doctor story with Ace um, where Ace and the Doctor wind up in a Nazi prison camp. Uh, called Colditz. You can find that um, that adventure over at the Big Finish website. It's called Colditz, and it's a really great story. It's got David Tennant in it as an as a, an evil Nazi. Um, yeah. But Klein, interestingly enough, is a character who comes, and I'll, I'm spoiling Colditz for you. So if you want to listen to Colditz, go get it, and then don't listen to me talk about this because you won't need to hear this at all. Um, but Klein, as a character, comes from um, uh, an alternate universe in which. Uh, the Doctor and Ace land in Colditz. Uh, Ace brings along a portable CD player that is confiscated. The Nazis get their hands on it, backwards reverse engineer, laser technology, and win the war. So Klein comes from an alternate future in which the Nazis won World War II uh, and manages to take the Doctor's TARDIS back in time uh, and accidentally give the Doctor enough information that he is able to stop that future from ever happening, stranding Klein in the past, um, and, uh, 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 she's just stuck out of time and out of place and in an alternate reality that isn't hers. Um, that's really all you need to know. Uh, we're going to be covering Klein's story in the Architects of History. Ar- like you said, the Architects of History is the last in a trilogy of stories where Big Finish saw this character and said, hey, let's do something new with her. And they brought her in for a trilogy. Uh, Klein's story is not actually found by itself, as far as I know. Um, it is found on Survival of the Fittest, which is a the second story where the creators were breaking the story and they realized that they only really had enough for th- only enough material for about three episodes and so they had an extra episode so what they decided to do was tell Klein's origin story and for my money Klein's story at the very least is one of the best single episode Big Finish releases ever and is probably the best seventh Doctor plot I think I've ever seen in my entire life and Scott I cannot wait for you to listen to it because your brain is going to explode when you figure out what's going on. Um, I remember I, I stopped after the first Klein story because I didn't like it much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I forget what it's called, but it was... Thousand Tiny Wings. Yeah, and it was the one that was set in Africa, right? Yes. Yeah, that one ugh, yeah. did not yeah. do it. I, there is few things in the world that I am less interested in in fiction than Africa and like African gangs and all that <laughs> stuff. Oof. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, do not care. Um, yeah, I I didn't love that story either. <laughs> okay, um, well that's good. Uh, but, so I'm looking forward to jumping back in. I'll probably just finish out the trilogy since it's just two more stories. Yeah, um, you'll like 
You'll love Klein's story. Survival of the Fittest is fine. It's good that it's three episodes. I just listened to it this morning because I had laundry to do. Um, But the ending of Survival of the Fittest is really important. So, Scott, if you decide that you don't want to listen to Survival of the Fittest and just jump right to Architects, let me tell you what happens at the end of Survival because otherwise Architects is going to make you go, what the hell happened? Um, Okay. Because it's crazy. And I will spoil the end of Survival. Three episodes. It's fine. (laughs) I I trust you. Um... (laughs) I realized um, I realized that I can I can listen to these while playing uh, Arkham Origins. Uh, so oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I I will. Um, if I ever go out to get food or something, I'll sit at the counter if I'm by myself and watch a sports game and put in an audio, and that's how I will do it. Because <laughs> because really, you can just so long as you're visually simulated and paying attention to your aural sensations, you can you can do it. Yeah. Um, so. Yes, I'm really looking forward to you hear to you hearing it. And Klein's story, like I knew what was coming this time as well, and it still gives me chills the second that everything starts coming together. Um, cool. It's a great story. Um, cool. And I highly recommend it to everyone. So yeah, cool. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Um. All right, that's it. Uh, in the meantime, you can te- check out our other podcasts: The Mind Robbers versus uh, Justice League Unlimited. Um, and that's also where you're going to be able to find our Thor, the dark world, uh, review. Um, we'll be on that, uh, on that feed. Um, and then, uh, also check out, uh, the mind robbers, our flagship podcast. Uh, we're taking a week off, but we'll be back next week. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so make sure that you're checking that out. And then, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also Scott commentary where I will live tweet things from time to time. Uh, Matt? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gunkadin. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary. Well, sometimes uh, we live really great movies, um, mm-hmm. like The Return of Swamp Thing, which we did just last week. Um, when is, uh, when's the OC coming back? It, I gotta finish I gotta finish the novel I'm working on. As soon as I finish the novel, I'm gonna watch the OC, believe me. <sighs> I, I know, it's coming, it's coming. Believe me, it's coming. Uh, you can also find me at classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com where I, well, uh, where I did blog all of Classic Who's, so... Uh, check that out because yay classic who and how Woo! all right we'll see you next week with the architects of history bye bye